Okay, so before we practice, we have a short pep talk. Listening to the Dhamma has, we learn quite quickly that listening to the Dhamma has many benefits. It's uh, easy to miss and to lose sight of it until you actually hear the Dhamma. When you read the Buddha's teaching or you hear someone give a talk, then you realize the benefit. Otherwise it's easy to forget. So before we practice, we then jumpstart our brains, get ourselves into the right gear by listening to the Dhamma. So we've talked about what it means to progress and what we're aiming for and so on. Another very important aspect of our practice is what to watch out for. What's going to get in the way of our practice? What's going to stop us from progressing? It's something most people don't realize unless you spend lots of time in a meditation center watching meditators come and go or in a monastery watching people come and ordain and try to live their lives in this way. But everyone has their obstacles. Everyone has things that come to get in their way. As a teacher, you have to realize this. You have to be ready to, to, to see and to understand and so that you, you don't get caught up in the meditator's problems and try to fix them and so on. That you help the meditators to understand what, the, what it is that this is a, this is one of these obstructions. We have to understand that this is part of the course, part of our part of the challenge. Something that we have to accept. These things we call Mara. Mara. What we call Mara. Mara means that which causes death. That's what Mara means. What does it cause death of? It causes the death of goodness. If I remember correctly, the etymology is Kusalang Mareti. Maro. Kusalang Mareti. That which causes kusala, wholesomeness, to die. Mara, that which stops us from doing good deeds. 
the things that get in our way and otherwise you might be confused and think, what do I do about this? This is a big problem. The problem is when we take it to be a problem. Because that's what that's that's what Mara wants. Mara is like the Buddhist Satan. It's a trickster. Comes and tricks you into thinking there's a problem. And you think, what do I do? I can't go forward. And then you're stuck. Once you understand that this is Mara, this is this is illusion. That the that's the goal of these things. The goal or the that's the reason why we're stuck in samsara, why we keep coming back is because we follow Mara. When some problem comes up we give up. We feel like we're useless or we can't do it. And we give in tomorrow. If it weren't for Mara, we could all become enlightened very easily. But every meditator who comes has their own Mara. These things that are blocked, going to try to get in their way. Some people have so much that they stop. They can't. They can't break through and see that it's just a illusion or the, the problem is just an illusion. The idea of a problem is all in the mind, that these things are just sabhava dhamma, they're just existential phenomenon, means they, phenomenon means they exist, and that's it. They are what they are. These special things, you know, they're special good things and special bad things. These are the special bad things that we think, this is special. I can acknowledge everything else, but I can't acknowledge this, it's special. So as meditators we have to remember, we have to learn, and what it takes time to learn is there's nothing special. Good things are not special, bad things are not special. They are what they are. You can acknowledge everything, and you should. When you have a good experience, you feel like you're floating or so on, you have to acknowledge that. When you have bad experiences, you feel like you're dying, you have to acknowledge that if you want to progress. When you, if you don't acknowledge it, Mara will take you off course. Good things, Mara will take you off course with good things as well. It's like a carrot. The carrot and the stick. He uses a carrot to lead you away. And he uses a stick to chase you away. This is Mara. So here we talk about what is Mara. There are five kinds of Mara. The first one, and in no particular order, the first one, Kandamara. Kandamara is the one that we all are familiar with. Kanda means aggregates, so it's the body, feelings, memories, thoughts, and consciousness. These are the Kanda. And these are Mara, these get in our way in, in, you know, very quickly and, and frequently. The body gets in our way, the body sometimes can't walk, can't sit. Sometimes the body gets sick, we have uh, flu or, or a cold or some, some 
disease or so on that gets in our way. Mara. So people think they can't do it because they're sick or so on. And it means they're following Mara. Giving in to Mara. The feelings can be Mara when we have pain, very common. So you have this strong pain and you let it chase you away. This is Mara's stick. This uh, extreme pain. The Buddha made a very bold statement or uh, harsh instruction or hard to follow instruction, very extreme uh, mandate for us. And that is that even if we really want to give up our defilements, even pain that feels like you're going to die, you should be mindful, even if it feels like you're going to die. I've had this before. If you've been to India, this is, if you're a foreigner going to India, this is something you can often uh, many people can relate to but also in Thailand where you get this bacteria uh, amoebic dysentery it's like it's like food poisoning to the extreme and some people do die I think but no matter what you feel like you're going to die pain through your whole body This is Mara that gets in our way, but in most cases it's as you experience. Or your leg has a problem. Your back has a back is a very common one. People who have back problems will find it get in their way, and they really feel like they can't continue, and they become quite discouraged in the practice because they get the idea it's a problem, and it's you you, you can't blame them. It's very difficult. It's it's something so foreign to us. It's quite an extreme. Mara is not something light or simple. It's not like, it's not really just an illusion. These are real things that can get in your way. But the illusion is that it's a problem. It depends how you look at it. If you see it from the right angle, you realize it's like a knot. A knot is not something that exists. It's just rope. If you untie it, then that is like it was never there. Totally disappears. Then you have memory. Memory is one of the aggregates. Memories can get in the way. Memories of the past, memories of the future. Future is a, sorry, memories of the future means thinking of the future, remembering what you're going to do in the future. If you remember the bad things you've done, this comes up for meditators quite frequently. They feel so discouraged because of the bad things they've done, and if they've done bad things to their parents, they'll often think that they have to go home and apologize or make things right with their parents. They remember bad relationships they've had, or even recent relationships. This is very common. 
meditators will run away thinking they have to go fix the problem now that they understand. And then they get home and realize that it's not so easy to fix and they would have been far better off working working to change themselves from within than trying to change other people from without. But this is something that people think it's a problem, it's stopping them from practicing. They have to go home and fix things. And then memories of people leads them to think about what they have to do and so on. Some, uh, And we have the sankhara aggregate, the thoughts, our judgments. This is really the big one because when we when we start to think it's a problem, this is some, this is, means what we think of things. We don't just accept it for what it is. We have an opinion about it. We become partial towards it. We interpret it as something more. You experience something good, and you interpret it as being special. You experience something bad and you interpret it as being special. Always interpreting instead of experiencing. But this is the na nature. You can't, you can't just explain it away. You need to work. If you want to be free from this kind of interpretation, you have to work hard. Keep your mind clear. When something comes up, acknowledge it. Good things, bad things. Be clear in your mind what it is and see it only as that. Sankara. Vijnana. Vijnana. Vijnana is a kanda that can be mara as well. Seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling, thinking. Sounds can be a problem. Sometimes in meditation centers there's construction going on and meditators become so frustrated is they have to hear this sound and they try to turn it off. When I first started meditating, I thought if you meditate enough, you can turn off the sound. You say hearing, hearing, and eventually you'll just stop hearing it. This is what I thought. And I worked so hard and got such a headache. That's what I got out of it is a headache. But many meditators actually run away thinking that they can, thinking that something's wrong. This isn't a real meditation center, where's the peace and quiet, there's too much noise. Maybe they see something they don't like, sometimes they see something in the monastery and it sets them off and they start thinking it's bad. Maybe they see something scary and staying in the cave and you see a big spider, some people actually get very afraid. And so on. So this is Kandamara. These are just us, our body and our mind can be can get in our way. If you break your leg or so on, if you hurt yourself, if you get sick, these are things that get in the way and you have to be willing to work with them and not give up because of them. The second Mara is Abhisankara Mara. These are the actions that we've done in the past.
if we've done bad things to hurt other people. First we do kilesamara, then, then, then abhisankarama. Kilesamara means the defilements that we have inside. These can stop people from practicing. You get so angry in the practice that you think something's wrong. Or you have so much greed and desire for something that you think something's wrong. Some people come and practice and feel so much desire or lust come up that they feel like they just can't do it. But I think more common is anger. Many people come and they have so much frustration that they, and this is just making me a mean person. Or they think I'm coming here to be a better person. They're talking about how trying to be a better person. This is ridiculous because all it's doing is making me such an evil, horrible person. But this is coming from inside of us, it's not coming from the practice. The practice is helping us to let go, and when you let go it all comes out. We're not forcing it down or forcing it away. Letting it come up, and then you see how much is in there. Kilesamara. gets in our way. Also desire can get in the way, you want to do this, want to do that. Maybe if I go home, I'll have better food or a nice, nice bed, hot shower, and do this and do that. Kilesamara. This gets in the way for many meditators. If someone is not truly dedicated to developing themselves, to becoming a good person, if they don't have the kusala inside, sometimes they'll run away. Too many kilesa, not enough kusala. Not enough good things inside. It's quite common. This is why we try to tell people how horrible it is here. Because then we know only the really people who are really dedicated will come. Because really the place isn't the big problem. No. The bigger problem is inside of us. If they don't have enough confidence in themselves to come to the forest with leeches and spiders and snakes and scorpions, then how can they deal with the real problems inside? How can they ever hope to deal with what is really difficult? And we'll talk about pain and they'll just say, no way, I'm not going to deal with that. They'll think we're crazy. So we need people who can at least deal with spiders and snakes and so on. And we can help them deal with the really harder things. Kilesamara, then Abhisankaramara. Abhisankaramara is what we do based on our defilements. We have defilements and they've caused us to do bad things in the past. And this gets in our way as well. We've hurt other people, we've caused problems for others, or we've... You know, some people, there was one Sri Lankan man, he came all the way from Canada. I went to Canada to teach just I was invited and I was going anyway or however. And this one man, he came to me and said, Oh, I want to go to Thailand to practice. I said, No, no, come to Sri Lanka. Or I just said, You can come to Sri Lanka. And he took me up on it. He came all the way from Canada just to practice meditation. But before he came to see me on his way, he stopped to see his family and met a woman and promised to marry her. And then he came to meditate. 
and after about a week he started thinking about her and, or someone called even after a few days some people that's right some people his family came to tell him that he had to go and sort this out first people were all going crazy because he promised to marry this girl this was gamma this was his 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 karma that he had performed gets in the way this is why we tell people always sort out your issues before you come sort everything out before you come because it it actually isn't a problem during meditation but you'll start to think it's a problem. Something comes up, you oh, I have to go deal with this, and you don't really. But sometimes this man, I couldn't couldn't explain to him. He said, I have to, I have to. I said, no, you don't have to. You don't. And then finally, okay, he's going to go. I said, okay, then you promised me. He said, what do I do when I leave? I said, you come back. I want you to come back in two days. And he did come back, and he finished the course. I made him promise. So it wasn't his kilesa actually that was stopping him; it was his karma that was stopping him. And he did have to go and fix the karma. And he did come back and finish the course. This can get in the way, but not necessarily. This is, it can be dangerous, it can be so much that you're starting to meditate and then like people come and harass you because of bad things you've done. Like uh, this monk we were talking about who his uh, younger brother, his wife, younger brother's wife was afraid they was going to come back and take his, his fortune back so she sent some mercenaries to kill him. This we can imagine, I mean, from a Buddhist point of view, we imagine this is from his past lives when he had done bad things, so he had, had now had bad things come to him. This happens when you practice. Sometimes just crazy things happen. Like when I got bitten by a snake, they said right away, karma, karma. It's got to be something you did in a past life. Because other people go and nothing happens to them, but you go, something happens. This is what they say. But you can see many strange things happen to meditators. If you stay in a meditation center, you can see. Trying to help people and sometimes you can't help them. They have karma to deal with. And then, Machumara, number four, death. I think this one goes, doesn't have to doesn't take much explanation. Death is something that stops you from practicing. But it's, so you think, well, what's the point of talking about this, no? If I die, I die. There's not much I can do about it. But there is one thing we can do, and that's work hard now. Buddha said we should think often about death because it's something that could come tomorrow. It is something that we have to deal with something that we have to be ready for and, and uh, prepare ourselves constantly. Or, you know, if you don't want to think like that, it's kind of morbid. No? The point is that we have to work while we have time. The problem is you think you have time. We, we think we have so much time. Buddha said people become negligent because of youth. They think I'm still young, no? I'll do it when I'm older. 
they become negligent because of health. They think I'm, I'm still healthy. Uh, they become health. They become. I think I'll, I'll, I'll practice. I still got lots of time. I'm still quite healthy. I can work. They become negligent because of life, thinking I'm still alive, or not even thinking, but like feeling, thinking that they'll be alive forever. Not thinking of death, thinking of life. Not realizing that any time we can die. This is why the forest can be quite helpful, because when you talk about snakes and scorpions, you can you could be bitten by a scorpion, or, or bitten by a snake, or stung by a scorpion. Yeah, you usually don't die, but who knows? That's why it's useful to practice up on the slab, because you know, if you trip and fall, you might not get up again. In in uh, in in remote places, the really extreme monks, they want to practice all day and all night, but at night they're so tired. So what they'll do is they'll sit on the edge of the cliff. When they do sitting meditation, they'll sit on the edge of the cliff and then they know they won't fall asleep. It's dangerous though because sometimes it's uh, anatta, no? You can't control. Sometimes you might just fall asleep. But apparently this is a, a useful way of keeping awake. Sit on the edge of a cliff. I don't know if I would try that seems to me that it's not quite under our control. But what we should do is always be thinking and always be, be clear in our minds that death is going to be the ultimate end. Death is always going to get in our way, and it does get in people's way. There are stories. Our teacher always says, uh, before you ordain, no climbing trees, no swimming, no driving. He has these rules that you can't do a week before you ordain, something like that. Once you intend to ordain, no, none of these things. Because it happens. It happens uh, with some frequency. Someone decides to become a monk and then they're doing goofing off or something, climb a tree, die. Fall and break their neck. Like the day before. Go swimming, drown. Get in, drive a car, get in an accident, right before they're going to ordain. This is Mara, Machu Mara, gets in our way. So you have to be careful as well, and you have to not think that I'll do it tomorrow or next week or next month. What is important to do, you should do it now. Ajeva kichamatapa, kojanya maranang suve. Who knows whether death will be tomorrow? The task should be done today in earnest. Who knows whether death will come tomorrow? Machumara. And number five is called Devaputamara. This is what we know as the Mara that we hear about, or Satan. You've ever seen the little Buddha or these movies where they show Mara? This is Devaputamara. It's an angel. Mara is in form of angel. Not what we think normally of angels, but you know, in Christianity they talk about the fallen angel. It's actually, I think, borrowed from Buddhism because it's a Buddhist, uh, Buddhist story or Buddhist teaching. 
well, it's mixed anyway, but Mara is considered to be an angel or a celestial being, a powerful being. And so many meditators will have angels come to them or voices come to them and they think, oh, an angel told me this or told me that, and right away they'll think they have to follow it. Many I've heard many stories from Asian Buddhists who say they have to do something because an angel told them. So we have to be quick to explain to them. We have to ask them, how do you know the angel was a good angel? Do you, do you not know that Mara is also an angel? The Buddha has a teaching on this. So this we have to be careful about. This comes to meditators. They will be uh, meditating. Suddenly they hear things and they want to do. We had a monk once who... I had a voice tell him to kill himself, to slit his wrists. And so he did it. He actually slit his wrists and he didn't die. And then it told him to light himself on fire. And so he did it. He lit himself on fire. So people start to get scared. Oh, oh maybe I'll hear voices. Well, there's a, if you hear voices, it's just voices. No. You hear my voice, are you scared of it? Why would you follow it? This is the question. The problem is not the voice, the problem is when we interpret it. Oh, maybe it means something. Yeah, it means you heard a voice. It means hearing has arisen. So these are the five maras. This is something for us to consider in our meditation and we should be clear about Because this will get in our way. It's a special thing that will get in our way. And as soon as we think that it's special, it will get it will stop us in our practice. Once we examine and examine again and verify and, and reaffirm in our minds that it's only sabhava dhamma, existential phenomena. It's they arise, they arise and they cease. They exist. That's it. It is like that. Once we can see that, funny things happen, no? Problems clear up. There was someone who, it was a funny thing in Thailand, this one meditator came to practice, and then her boyfriend uh, contacted us and said he needed to talk to her, and he said, meditators aren't allowed to talk to outsiders. Oh, and he was so angry, and he said, it's a very important thing, and he said, if you don't let me talk to her, I'm going to come out there and I'm going to find her. And he said, so it's your choice. And I said, well, you can do whatever you want. I'm not going to get involved. And then he, he contacted us and said, uh, it's been sorted out. Sorry about that. When you, when you, the same, if you see the same thing comes from pain, you think, no, there's nothing you can do. Finally, you set your mind and you say, die and die. If I die, I die. You focus and it boom disappears, like it was never there, and so on. Many things like this. Once you give up, once you let go, it's this simile that really is vivid for me. The clinging, we're like birds clinging to the side of the of this cliff. We're so afraid we're going to fall. We're like birds in a nest. You no, know, when the mother kicks them, the birds are like, no, no, don't kick me out of the nest. But the mother knows best, kicks them out and they fly. 
of course with baby birds it doesn't always work sometimes they fall and die in natural selection but with us we're like this we're like, we, we have the wings we just don't know it so we're clinging to this either oh no I'm going to fall but because you think like that you can't fly yes you don't fall but because of it you can't fly until we let go completely and accept and, and really take to heart this as our true refuge. This is the point. We're seeking refuge in something that can't be our refuge. Once we take the practice as our refuge, we say, let things outside be as they're going to be, let my body be as it's going to be, but my mind will be clear. Take the practice as your reward. Anything that comes, mindful of it. See it clearly for what it is. Once you do that, then Mara can get no more, no more problems. So this is important for meditators, important for us all to realize, to be aware of when we come to practice meditation. So there we go, that's the pep talk. Now time for the work. We go on to practice mindful prostration, walking and sitting.